Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 23. Now, as we get there, how many of you are rule people? You like rules, you like structure, you like parameters. Anybody rule people? A couple of us, all right. How many of you are more free-flowing, non-boundary people, all right? How many of you who are rule people married a non-boundary person? All right, yeah, that's how that usually works. It makes life interesting, right? Well, I apologize. Uh, we did have a, a version Bible uh, notes, and then it disappeared. It's not there. So it wouldn't go up today, so I apologize for that. So you'll have to follow along in a physical Bible or on the screen or in your digital just without the notes. Well, how many of you have ever unintentionally broken a rule? Anybody ever broken a rule and didn't know it? Maybe a law and didn't know it? I, uh, I was dropping my kids off at the pool here in Lex one time, and there's a stop sign at the exit to the pool. Did not know that. And so I, I kind of pulled up, and there was a kid riding his bike, so I kind of let the kid go, and then I rolled out there and went, and well, I see these flashing lights in my rearview mirror, and uh, an officer pulled me over. And I know most of the cops because being a fireman, and he laughed and laughed, and he said, oh, license registration. I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he took, he's like, did you know there's a stop sign you just ran? I was like, where? He's like, oh, in the parking lot of the pool. Like, are you kidding me? And he laughed. He didn't give me a ticket for it, but he really enjoyed pulling me over and <laughs> doing that. He was a nice guy about it. But, I, but even though I didn't know the rule was there, I still violated it, right? I was still at fault because I didn't look. I was busy looking at the kid on the bicycle. So now every time I stop and I look and I stop and I wait and I respect the stop sign, then I leave, right? Um, well, in Jesus' day, there was a group of people that he butted heads with repeatedly, they were the religious leaders of the day. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the two kind of sects, uh, parts of that group. And they loved their rules. Now, if you remember in church history, the people of Israel entered the promised land and they got in there and then they broke God's commandments. They broke his rules repeatedly. And God sent people called prophets to tell them, hey, you're breaking the rules. And if you don't straighten up, bad stuff's going to happen. Well, they kept breaking the rules and kept breaking the rules. And so finally, God sent a nation in, the Babylonians, and they destroyed Israel and Judah. And they burned the temple, and they, took, they sent the people into exile. Well, eventually they came back. God allowed them to come back because he had promised that. And as they rebuilt society, the religious leaders came to power, and they said, we're never <laughs> going back to that. We're never going to do that again. So they built fences around the commandments. They built rules outside the commandments so that you couldn't even get close to breaking the rule. As long as you obeyed the Pharisees' rules and the Sadducees' rules, you weren't going to break God's rules. And these rules got kind of further and further out, and they got stricter and stricter. And eventually, you know what happened? They cared more about their rules than about God's rules, right? They got so focused on the rules of the law that they became like entrenched in this, and they became more worried about people breaking their rules than they did about people breaking God's rules. And then as things happen, when you get power, what happens? Sometimes you become a little corrupt, right? So they kind of became corrupt, and they found ways around their rules, you know, to do those things. And so Jesus absolutely blasted the Pharisees over and over again because they were doing what? They were missing the point. They were making it hard for people to follow God because they were more worried about people following them. And so we've been going through the book of Matthew for, oh, several years now. 
And just kind of going in order, this is actually the 48th message in this series here. Pastor Kenny actually preached 49 two weeks ago because I had already had this ready and I didn't want to make him preach this because this is unpleasant, this part. Uh, but one of the reasons we go through books of the Bible like that is because it makes us talk about all of it, the easy parts and the hard parts. And today's kind of a hard part, so don't get mad at me. I'm just preaching what's in here, all right? So, and you're probably going to get mad at me today. But have you ever met someone who's all about rules? See, in the older days, and, and even still today, we had people that we called legalistic. Anybody ever heard that word, legalistic? Legalistic people are all about what? The rules. And back where I grew up, I grew up in southern Missouri. Missouri is the king of the legalistic people, right? I mean, that's where they all go to, to roost, I think, right? We had a group, and I won't tell you the name of the town because I don't want to get them upset at me, but in a town around where I lived, they had a college that taught this style of following Jesus. It was all about rules. Girls had to have long hair, couldn't wear makeup, and it wasn't, it wasn't your area, um, the Maston area where they came up. I've gotten in trouble with Deb one time for talking about that. It's not that group. I don't know where Deb went. It's not them, but it was a different group. But they had this college, and so we would go there sometimes for events and things. And my pastor, the pastor I served under, went there to preach one time. He got up to preach, and he was wearing a blue shirt under his suit. They wouldn't let him on the platform. They said, you can't preach in that. And he said, what? I'm wearing a suit. And they said, no, you have a, a blue shirt. It has to be white. And he said, what? Really? They said, you cannot go out there without a white shirt on. That's the rule. That's, you know. And he said, does God care what color shirt I'm wearing? You know, I mean, but they became what? entrenched in their rules. So if you look in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus kind of has enough here, but do any of you like funny laws? I, I kind of enjoy laws. I, so I looked up some of the weirdest rules. Parliament in Europe, they made an, a Salmon Act of 1986. So listen to this. It's illegal to hold a salmon under suspicious circumstances. <laughs> Imagine enforcing that one. You can't hold a salmon if it's suspicious. In Quitman, Georgia, if you own a chicken, it's illegal to let your chicken cross the road. Literally, your chicken has to be under your control at all times. So unless you walk with it across the road, you can't let it cross the road. In Australia, in their second most populated state, it's illegal to change a light bulb unless you're a licensed electrician. Yeah. In Italy, in Milan, this is one of those unenforced rules, it's illegal to not smile unless you're at a funeral or in a hospital. Otherwise, you have to smile legally. That's the law, right? In Arizona, it's illegal to have a sleeping donkey in your bathtub after 7 p.m. No kidding. It's against the law not to walk your dog at least three times a day in Turin, Italy. Dog owners love that one, right? In Scotland, if someone knocks on your door and asks you to use your toilet, you have to allow it. Legally, you have to allow them into your house to use the bathroom. In Samoa, ladies will love this one, it's illegal to forget your wife's birthday. <laughs> In the French town of, I can't even pronounce the name, it's a legal requirement to have bought a funeral plot before you die. So imagine that. So if you die without a funeral plot, you might go to jail. So <laughs> that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> Roll them in here. We'll, we'll hold them for a few days. 
And so this is kind of where Jesus was with the Pharisees. He was so frustrated with the laws that just didn't make sense and didn't do the right thing. So Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 13. He says this, so they're called the teachers of the law. So he says, it's on the screen here. This is a long passage, but we'll get through it. Matthew 23, 13, what sorrow awaits you or woe to you in some translations to you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, strong word, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others enter either. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, For you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits you? For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but that it's binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And you say that to swear by the altar is not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. Does that make any sense? No. How blind, for which is more important, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred? When you swear by the altar, you're swearing by it and everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you're swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you're swearing by the throne of God and to God who sits on the throne. Now, when, when Jesus was telling this thing, he was, he was kind of building to a point and then building back out for it. In the Greek language that this is written in, it was called a chiastic pattern. So you'll notice, and we'll talk about it, he's kind of going down and making one huge point and then going back out. So that's why he's kind of picking on these different things. In verse 23, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. Are you noticing the theme here? (laughs) Hypocrites, right? For you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but don't neglect the more important things. Blind guide you, strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites, because you're so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, because you're like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. And then you say, well, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors... We have never joined in them in killing the prophets. But in saying that, you testify against yourselves that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. Snakes, sons of vipers. He was a little bit upset, guys. How will you escape the judgment of hell? Last one. Therefore, I'm sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law. But you will kill some by crucifixion. You'll flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. So Jesus was a little bit upset here. He was frustrated by all the different rules these people had done. They had become legalistic. They had become more worried about the rules and the letters of the law than what the law was about. And guys, sometimes in churches we get this same way, don't we? In churches it's easy for us as Christians to get so caught up in our our preferences and our rules that we forget why we're here in the first place. Guys, I kid you not, 
in my years of working in ministry, I've seen churches split. People leave churches in mass over carpet. I've seen churches split over whether we sing hymns or songs on a screen. I knew one pastor that took the hymn books out of his church and people left because of hymn books. What is that? It's a preference. It's something that I like, and I've made it so important that I've forgotten the other parts of being a Christian, right? And I'm not saying that's all wrong. You know, some carpet is hideous, you know, I don't, I don't know. But we had people leaving, getting ready to leave our church when we moved from pews to chairs. And my pastor said, just sit on it. <laughs> just sit. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah, we should keep these. Yeah, I mean, they were, but they just had to get past their own preferences. So, so how do we keep from becoming those people? Well, there's a couple of things. A couple of things that happened to the Pharisees that made them get to this point. We're going to look at these things. The first, they failed to recognize that Jesus was the Messiah. They had been waiting for the Messiah for generations. The Messiah was a promised one. They were waiting on Jesus, but when Jesus got there, they wouldn't listen to him. Because they refused to submit to God's authority that was found in Jesus. They would not put themselves under God's authority. He said that they shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. They wouldn't even go in there. They couldn't give up their ideas to give up and to submit to God's ideas. You ever been there? God, this is the way I want this to happen. And then when it doesn't happen that way, we get what? We get mad, right? I know in our lives before I said, God, I really need more money. We, we need to pay these bills. And guess what? God gave me a second job. <laughs> I said, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to just drop money, you know, maybe a, a rich dead uncle somewhere that I didn't know about, you know. We get upset about those things. They would submit to God's authority. And here's the thing, guys. They didn't have room for Jesus in their religion. They didn't have room. They had a religion set up, and they didn't have room for Jesus. They couldn't allow him in. They've been waiting for generations. And we see even Nicodemus, he was a Pharisee who went to Jesus at night and said, I really think you're the one. But he wouldn't go during the day because he was afraid of being, losing his position. They didn't have room for Jesus. We even see this. Remember when Jesus went to his hometown, they rejected him. And he said, a, a prophet's welcome everywhere except in his hometown. Why was that? They didn't have room for him. They said, no, we knew Jesus growing up. We knew him as this little kid. He can't be the Messiah. They didn't have room. They couldn't allow him in. And they didn't want to. It all comes down to this. They didn't want to see the truth. They didn't want to see the truth. Jesus says, your ancestors are the ones who killed the prophets who wouldn't listen to them either. Now, have you ever been in a situation where you were self-deceived, where you were lying to yourself? I have. I knew I was wrong. I knew it, but I convinced myself that I was right. You ever been there? This is where they were. They could see that Jesus was the Messiah. All the signs were there that they needed to submit to him, but they wouldn't allow it. They deceived themselves. And guys, sometimes we can become so entrenched in our own ideas and so convinced that we're right that we won't listen to God when he's talking to us. I know I've been sitting in service and a, a minister will say something and it just hits me right in the heart. And I know I need, to, I need to repent. I need to turn from that sin and I won't do it. Why? Because I don't want to hear it. That's where these guys were. And guys, that's how they got to the point that Jesus was calling them out. This is that I'm here. They were heaping up sins and they wouldn't, they wouldn't stop. 
I know I've told you this before, but when I was a little younger than Pastor Kenny, I was a youth pastor, and I prided myself in my fitness, right? You know, oh, yeah, I can keep up with these teenagers. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and I went to the doctor, and, and I just went to get an annual checkup, and I said, did you, did you jog to get here? And I said, no. I said, huh. I said, well, why do you say that? I said, well, your, your pulse is really high. And then they took my blood pressure, like, yeah, you're, you're pretty out of shape. I said, no, I'm in great shape. Like, not according to these numbers, you're not. And they said, you need to start going to the gym. And I went, ah, you know, like, can I get a second opinion on that? <laughs> I had deceived myself. I saw all the signs. I couldn't walk upstairs without breathing hard. But, you know, I just assumed it was the stairs' fault, right? <laughs> and so sometimes we're doing this, guys. We get to this point where we say, I'm fine with God. And then God comes along and says, no, you're not. And I won't listen. That's how they got there. They didn't have room. They failed to recognize him as a Messiah. And then they were outwardly zealous. Zealous means they, they outwardly put on all the show, but they were inwardly, what? Corrupt. They put on a show of being good religious leaders, but on the inside, they were corrupt. Their obsession with their outward appearance robbed them of a true relationship with God. They were so worried about having everything right on the outside that they weren't worried about the inside. That's why Jesus says, you're like a cup that's filthy on the inside. You ever got one of those at a restaurant? You get little floaties in your drink, and you're like, uh, that's not mine. <laughs> I didn't order that. That's how they were. They were clean on the outside, but inside they were full of dead stuff. Jesus says, you need to get right. He called them a whitewashed tomb. In Jesus' day, if you stepped on a grave, you were unclean. You couldn't go to the temple. And so people would come to Jerusalem on pilgrimages, and they would go out, people would go out beforehand, and they would whitewash all the tomb markers so people knew where all the dead people were, and they wouldn't accidentally step on them. Jesus said, you guys are like that. You get people off with God, and they don't even realize it because they're following you, right? So... They were so focused on rules and regulations that they didn't realize they were actually pushing people away from God. And you know, sometimes we get this way as Christians, right? We're actually the one pushing people away from God because we're trying to make them fit our mold before they know Jesus, right? You know, when people come in and they, they come to Christ, they're not going to look like us, right? They're not going to be the same, I know one pastor, he had a lady show up at his church, and she had, like, green hair or something. And he was greeting her at the door, and he said, hey, I love your hair. And she said, what, really? <laughs> he said, yeah, it's really cool. Green's my favorite color. And she said, I've been to, like, three other churches. They wouldn't even allow me in the door because of my hair color. Really? Hair color? And that, that happens, guys. And it's because we think they need to look a certain way to come to Jesus. But what did Jesus say? Come to me, all you who are heavy and weary laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus calls everyone to him. And so sometimes we get so stuck in our own ways. And this is what they were doing. They were converting others to their preferences, but they weren't converting them to God. Jesus said, you go over land and sea to make a convert, and then you make them twice as bad as you are. What were they doing? They were converting them to Pharisees, not to Jesus followers, Right? And so, guys, we need to make sure, I know this is tough. I know this is not a fun, <laughs> but we need to take a look at ourselves. Are we bringing people to Jesus? Are we trying to make people assemblies of God or 
Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian. Yeah, we need to get them to Jesus, right? We bring them to him and let him do it. So they, they called people proselytes. So when Jesus was saying this, this was the biggest time of Jewish missions ever. The Jews were sending missionaries all over the world to bring people to the Lord. But when they went, they weren't teaching them, hey, come follow our God. They were saying, come be just like me. And that wasn't working real well, right? And so here's the point, guys. Here's, if you get anything out of this, please hear me to, right now. And if you, if you don't know Jesus, I'm sorry, this is kind of a tough message to hear. Um, but if you've been a Christian for any length of time, guys, we have to be very, 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 very careful of this. Sometimes we try to turn our preferences into doctrines. We try to turn our preferences into God's law. We try to fit what we want in here instead of listening to this and getting out of that, right? Like, well, what do you mean? Well, I've had people tell me, I mean, literally tell me, when Paul wrote the Bible, he wrote King James English. Like, Paul didn't even speak English. <laughs> Paul was writing in Greek at the time, right? But I said, no, 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 Paul wrote the King James Bible. I said, go find a history book. Right? I mean, Paul didn't even speak English, right? And so, but we try to do that, right? And we all do this. I do this, right? I like a certain style of music. My wife likes a different style. I mean, it's all Christian, but it's different styles. I try to tell her, that's, that's not, you know, Jesus says you should listen to this. No, I don't really say that, but I, I want to sometimes, right? But Guys, this is, we try to do this. We get so stuck in our things that we try to make our preferences the big deal. When really the big deal is supposed to be Jesus. The big deal is supposed to be grace. The big deal is supposed to be helping people find Jesus. All the other stuff will work itself out. Right? I have a... I have friends that are from all different denominations, and we, we make fun of each other for our different little things, you know. That, but when we get together, you know what we agree on? Jesus. We work together for Jesus. And they make fun of me like, oh, yeah, your people swing from the, the lights on the ceilings, right? Like, well, a few, but not many, right? And they holler and yell, and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, Jesus falls asleep in your service because it's so boring. I mean, we, you know, we do that. We make fun of each other. We love each other. We do that. But we, we have fun. But we realize the big thing is what? Jesus. So, guys, please, when we get upset about the small things, take a step back and say, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? I know I, we served in a church, and I love the people to death. But when they built their fellowship hall, they, they purposely built it just short enough you couldn't get a basketball hoop in there. Because they said there was no room in a church for a basketball. I mean, they literally built that, and so we, we played basketball outside. We found lots of other games to play in there, but not basketball. But it was, it was a preference, right? So we have to keep Jesus the main way, and they, the Pharisees kept others out of the kingdom. They kept others out. They looked down on normal people who were trying to find Jesus. Do you remember the story Jesus told of the man who went into the temple, and he, he was beaten on his chest and saying, God, forgive me for what I've done? And then behind him was a Pharisee, a religious leader, praying and saying, Lord, thank you that I'm not as bad as that guy. He literally prayed that. <laughs> and I know that sounds terrible. But that happens sometimes. So we, we have to help others find Jesus. And then the last thing, they misused Scripture. They misused Scripture. 
they help people kind of circumvent the law by, by having what they called evasive oaths. And, and Jesus blasted them on that. He said, you know, you say, well, if I swear by the temple, it's not binding. But if I swear by the gold in the temple, it is binding and all this different stuff that we don't understand today. What they were doing is they were trying to get people to follow them by saying, well, I know God's kind of hard to follow, but come follow me instead. Well, I know God says you're supposed to give this much of your income, but, but if you give it to me in this way, then you don't have to do that. They're helping people kind of skirt the law. And so we sometimes help people disobey the Lord to ease our convictions, right? When we try to have people, these kind of things, they were so focused on their own interpretation that they were missing the point. And so here's the whole thing, guys, the whole gist of this. They were missing the point of the law. If you get anything out of this, this section of, of Scripture here, and you can go back and read this later and kind of look through it, Jesus was saying, you guys have missed it. You have missed the point. The point is getting people to follow the Lord. They were trying to get people to follow Jesus, and they got so caught up in their own stuff that they didn't have room for Jesus. They missed the point. And that's what Jesus was said about. He said, these people need me, and you're turning them away by your silly rules and your silly regulations. You're missing the point. And so, so ultimately, I'll wrap this up. Ultimately, it's our responsibility, whether we follow him or not, it's our responsibility to follow Jesus. So, and there are a lot of people who were there to crucify Jesus because they couldn't get past what the Pharisees had taught. But whose fault was it? It was still theirs, right? It was still there because they weren't following him. So the choice is ours. We have to follow Jesus. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I know those of you who are guests with us, man, I'm sorry you came on this Sunday. This is a tough, tough passage here. We're just kind of walking through it. But here's the deal, guys. Jesus wants every one of us to follow him. He wants every one of us to have a relationship with him. That's why he came. That's why he died. That's why he gave his life on Calvary, because of our sins. And guys, sometimes as we follow him, we get so caught up in our own ideas and our own rules and our own regulations that we make it hard for people to follow him because we're more worried about them following our rules. So if you want to stand this morning, we're going to pray together.